The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today, we will be concluding an important sermon in the Heavenly Authority series taken from the book of 2 Samuel. In our past programs, we have seen David's repentance and restoration after his sin with Bathsheba. When we left off last time in chapter 13, we were beginning to see the consequences of David's sins manifest with his sons. So now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And Amnon here, the firstborn son, the one that should replace David, he is overcome by lust. He sees his half-sister, the full sister of Absalom, and he desires her so much that he becomes physically ill because he can't have her. And his morally wicked friend and cousin, Jonadab, Jonadab is the son of David's brother, one of David's brothers, his seven brothers. So it's Jonadab, um, who's David's nephew, who's Amnon's cousin. He gives Amnon this evil plan. You got to watch sometimes these friends that say, well, why are you in this situation? Like he says to Amnon, why don't you just... How many kids in school, they're being bombarded by wrong messages on television in school. Uh, they're about to do wrong, and then there needs to be something to push them over the edge, and it's usually peer pressure. It's usually that one friend that says, why don't you just? And that's the type of friend that Jonadab is. Jonadab gives him this wicked plan. He tells him to pretend to be sick. He says, when David, your father, comes, say, please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat it from her hand. I'm sick, Daddy. I, let my sissy come. Let her come and cook for me. And, and I know she cooks well, and I'll get all strong and better again. And Amnon does it. They use David. We're going to see Amnon use David and Absalom use David. Well, David used Uriah. And God cannot be mocked. What a man sows, that he also shall reap. This is part of the reaping. The example he set for his sons, he didn't set the example of a man of God. He set the example of a worm. And his sons become worms. He uses David. David sends Tamar. Tamar comes innocently. She cooks. She tries to give it to him. He refuses to eat. He sends everyone out of the room. And then over his sister's resistance and her attempts at reason, he overpowers her and he rapes her. And then afterwards, he hates her more than he loves her and he sends her away. Chapter 13, verse 17. Then he called his servant who attended him and said, here, put this woman out, away from me, and bolt the door behind her. Callous, hard, cruel. David was callous, hard, and cruel too. And it's come back to his family. And verse 21, but when David heard of all these things, he was angry. You must wonder what he's thinking in his mind about this reaping. 
how Amnon the son has now reflected as a mirror David the father. But you don't read of any action by David. Instead, it's Tamar's full brother who loves her, Absalom, who acts. And he doesn't act right away. Verse 22 says, And Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. He makes like nothing's happened. The anger is building and he's plotting. For Absalom hated Amnon because he has forced his sister Tamar. And he plots and plans for two years. He plans a sheep-shearing party to which he invites all the sons of David. And this time he uses David. In verse 24, then Absalom came to the king and said, kindly note your servant has sheep shearers. As the king's son, he has his own properties. He's very powerful. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, no, my son, let us not all go now, lest we be a burden to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. Now the king hasn't seen any hostility for two years between Amnon and Absalom. And the king said, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him. He keeps urging and pleading him. So he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. So he uses David. And David lets his firstborn, Amnon, go, as well as the other sons. And Absalom has had his men set things up that when he would say the word, they would kill Amnon. And it happens just that way. Amnon is killed. He's struck. And all the rest, in verse 29, of the king's sons flee in terror. And the first word that comes to David, actually, is that all the sons are killed. Every one of them by Absalom, and he tears his clothes and he rolls to the ground, and for a moment he has to think and account all his sons as dead. And then Jonadab tells him, no, it's not, it's not all your sons, it's just Amnon who is dead. Only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. He gives a report, Jonadab, in verse 32. He's the one that instigated everything that started this path. Verse 35, And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said, so it is. So it was, as soon as he had finished speaking, that the king's sons indeed came, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled, and he, Absalom goes to the king of Geshur, because that's where his, his mother's from. That, that would be his grandfather's people. And David, what does it say, mourned for his son every day. He cries for his son. He longs for his son. And Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. Amnon's dead, and now he starts to think about Absalom. Absalom has to flee because he would deserve death for killing his brother, though he had some type of righteous reason for it. And David's household is all torn apart. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That's the law of the harvest. And there's 
a time then finally when David brings Absalom back and to the perversion that's happened and to the murder that's happened, conspiracy is added. Absalom comes back, but he sits at the gate of the city and has the different people from the tribes in chapter 15 uh, and verse 2 to 4, as they come by with whatever lawsuit they have for the king to make a decision, he would call and say to them, what city are you from? And the servant would say, I'm from such and such a tribe of Israel. And Absalom would say, look, your case is good and right, but there's no deputy of the king to hear you. Oh, that I were made judge in the land and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. And Absalom, like his father, is a handsome young man. And he appeals to them and he says, I would give you justice. And there's conspiracy and there's treason and he wins over the tribes. And you start to see the foundation of that which would result in what? The breaking apart of the kingdom into northern Israel and southern Judah. How the one sin multiplies. The sword would not depart from his household. The sword would not depart from Israel. A division. Because he was divided from his brother in the Lord, Uriah, over the matter of Bathsheba. And he wins the loyalty of the people, and they're coming to take Jerusalem, and David doesn't want to have a fight, so again he flees. He's on the run, just like he was on the run years and years before from Saul. David has to flee now his own son, who doesn't treat him with respect. And there's one battle between David's men and the men of Israel where 20,000 Israelites are killed. And many of them just by the forest, just by accidents, as they meet in this battle in the forest. And the war that follows ultimately results in Absalom being caught by his hair and Joab killing him against David's decree. Because David so loves Absalom, even though Absalom has done all these things. And you go down to chapter 18, and you look at verse 33. Then the king was deeply moved. The kingdom's restored to him. His men have won. He will be king again. Absalom is dead. Then the king was deeply moved, and he went up to the chamber over the gate, and he wept. And as he went, he said thus, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place, O Absalom, my son, my son. And David's heart was broken over his son's death. What a terrible price. The sword shall, shall never depart from your house, from your family. As a man sows, so he shall reap. The law of the harvest the sins of mankind, the things we do that set things in motion, motion affects our children, our families, how those sins get reflected as mirrors and they multiply, and who can save us, oh wretched people that we are, from these consequences, from these things, who can set it all right, who can bring healing. Well, there was one thing that wasn't there in the Old Testament that we have today, and that's the sacrifice of the beloved Son of God. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son, he said. When Moses and Elijah appear with him on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father tells him, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. This is the true beloved Son. This is the true one of peace. And in him, there is hope. Things can be turned around. We've read the bad news of the Old Testament. 
and there are still consequences for sins today. But there is great victory and good news in Jesus Christ. David needed him, and we need him. And thank God there is a solution to this sad, sinful world. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the warnings of your scriptures that we would be mindful of our actions, Father, not to bring demons into our households by the things we do unto others, that we would do to others as we would have them do to us, that we would judge ourselves, that we would not come under judgment. Father, let us not sow to the flesh and reap to the flesh, but Father, help us to sow to your spirit and reap from your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the sacrifice of Jesus that sin and the cycle of sin can be stopped and victory over sin can be had. Father, help us as we come before you and we beat our chests and we say, woe to us that we are sinners. Help us, Lord, to be saints, that your kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. You can write to us at our post office box in Branford, Connecticut. That's Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in Madison, Connecticut, in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Please remember to join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.